0: Welcome to the Life 21 Church Podcast. Thanks for joining with us today as we explore the Gospel of Matthew. We pray that as you listen, you would come to more fully understand the answer to this age-old question, who is this Jesus? Hello, everyone. Welcome to the next session here in which we get to discover how valuable we are to our Heavenly Father. The prayer prompt for today that you can see in the description is, Jesus, how valuable am I to my Heavenly Father? Now, we're certainly going to be reading in verses 25 through 34 exactly how valuable we are, but these prayer prompts are a dynamic way to not just allow God to speak through the Bible, but also to allow Jesus to speak direct to us. Everything he says to you will, of course, affirm what's spoken in the Bible and won't contradict this amazing book and how God's communicated himself in a trustworthy manner over thousands of years. But yet when Jesus gives you a very specific revelation about his father's heart, it moves us in such an incredible way, way beyond what a friend, a parent could do. So allow Jesus to speak to you today about your value. And now as we read, may your heart be stirred with how he communicates your value to you through the scriptures. Verse 25 of Matthew chapter 6 says this, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? Listen to that. Jesus had just been talking about the eyes of our heart which are the lamp of our body, and how to be focused on himself, on God, as our source, our provider, and our treasure. And so he encourages us with that, don't worry. What is worry? Worry is simply aiming the eyes of your heart towards your unknown future and allowing speculation and perception to create anxiety. Anxiety and thanksgiving, even neurologically, uh, even according to the secular world, thanksgiving and gratitude expressed and anxiety cannot exist at the same time in your brain. The way that you were designed, the neurological pathways, it can't exist. And so today, as Jesus talks about his faithfulness to us in our future, He's also inviting us into thanksgiving regarding our past. As we begin to thank God for our past and we we get to thank God for our present that we're alive and provided for right now, it crowds out anxiety about the future and it provides us with extraordinary faith to trust that the God that came through in the past and the present is our God who will come through in the future. So how does Jesus explain this more? He wants to give us analogies or examples of God's provision for other things that are not humans. Verse 26, Jesus says, Look at the birds of the air. Maybe if you're next to a window, you can physically do this right now or just in your imagination, you can see them. Look at them. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? I want to pause this here. Evolution and the evolutionary teachings proposed by Charles Darwin and accepted by many people and many societies in the nation currently unfortunately lead us to a devaluing of ourselves. Jesus communicated, Are you not much more valuable than the birds? In an evolutionary mindset, which still exists in many of our minds, or at least pieces of it do, the answer is no, we are not more valuable than they. If we came from them and were simply an evolution of them along a long line of millions of years of transition, then we lose the distinct honor that God gave to us in making us at the same time as them, and placing us as their servant leader from the beginning. So how does Jesus continue? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life or a single cubit to his height? Other translations read. What a beautiful thing that that God is highlighting through Jesus his heart to care not only for birds, created birds. And later we see in the scripture that it says that God sees when any bird falls and dies. Every single death of any single animal, whether it was because they didn't have enough food or something else, God oversees, sees, is moved by and aware of every single one of those things. So the writer is saying, hey, you can't even get yourself taller, I know you're running around making sure you have food, but you can't make yourself grow with that food. Neither can you make the food grow. (laughs) So don't worry. The second thing is you can't add a single hour to your life. You who are running after food, running after provision, wanting to make sure you're not going to die by starvation, it's God that sustains your life. You could have all the food you need and die from a heart attack. In the next 10 seconds, Jesus is grounding them in the reality of their dependence on God, which can be fearful when you realize that God is the one that's causing your heart to still be beating even as you're listening to my words. But Jesus wants to highlight, though we're dependent on Him, and though that's such an amazing thing, it can be difficult for some, but God wants to keep revealing through Jesus how. Beautifully loving and careful, this gracious God is in taking care of the ones who are dependent on Him. Verse 28 continues by saying, And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow, they do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon, in all of his splendor, was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? I want to pause this here as Jesus challenges us, not in a derogatory way, not in a rude way, but he says, you of little faith, if you're worrying about food and clothes and the mere basics of life, How will you access all the provisions that God wants to pour out on the nations through you? We listened in a few podcasts earlier about Jesus's prayer. God, let your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The following podcast, we learned about the eyes of our heart being the lamp to our body and how we're not supposed to store up treasures on earth with money, in it of itself but treasures in heaven. I want to encourage you today that like me, God is teaching us how to get our eyes off of ourselves and our own needs in an anxious way. I've been really challenged the last few weeks as God's begin to show me how much my eyes are on myself. Now, of course, the Lord's prayer in earlier passages tells us to pray for daily provision. It tells us to ask God to lead us not into temptation. Jesus is constantly inviting us to share our personal, individualistic heart needs, our affections, our desires, absolutely. But fear, the spirit of fear, the work of fear of the enemy's aim is to turn your eyes off of God and off of others onto yourself in a way that only leads to loss. So today, as we hear about the Father's heart to provide for us, may you be inspired not only to ask, seek, and receive your provision, but may you be mobilized to seek other people's provision and to help liberate them from the lies that tell them that they're not as valuable as flowers and birds. Jesus continues on in verse 31, "...so do not worry." saying, what shall we eat, what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans, the the nations, those that were not following God, the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well therefore do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself each day has enough trouble of its own i know we live in a world in which we have seen people struggling without food without shelter without clothing and through that in our minds we begin to entertain thoughts that either god is unable to help them or god is unwilling to help them I want to reframe that through the context of Scripture. Though God is sovereign and his capacity is not limited, he can pour out bread from heaven like he did a couple thousands of years ago with the nation of Israel. But God has given humanity a place of decision to decide whether we'll draw near to God and receive the benefits of who he is or if we want to choose our own way and reap the negative consequences of following our own paths. When Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then you'll experience all these provision, he's inviting us to ask him to come through. I think of how many times God wanted to bless me or bless others and provide And my heart wanted to run in my own direction. I was offended at God, doubting God, turning away from God. And because God gave me such incredible authority to choose not only the effects on my own life in so many ways, but even gave me an opportunity to choose how my will would affect the environment around me, including people. Many of us, myself included, I'm often offended (laughs) and discouraged by how much influence God's given people, specifically leaders of nations, that by their greed and their agreement with Satan can channel money and finances and food and clothing away from people in need. But here's what's beautiful. The same God that's calling out to that governmental leader is the same God that's calling out to that hungry mother looking to feed her children. And he's saying, come, seek, knock. My kingdom is at the door. I stand at the door knocking. I'm here. And as the human heart turns and says, Jesus, Father, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We have a God who holds all the resources who can bring about provision through limitless ways. And he's inviting us to live in that lifestyle, not only for ourselves, but for others. Final words I want to share. I want to really encourage you to recognize the value that you have in Christ. Jesus warns them through this question, are you not more valuable than birds? Are you not more valuable than flowers? At the core of the human heart, what's even deeper than our unbelief, is the lie of a lack of value. Satan's words that have permeated through creation, through family members, through friends, through your experiences, is that you are not valuable and you are not worthy. When that lie is received, believed, and it remains in us like a living organism, What grows from that seed is unbelief, saying that either God's not good or even if he is, he wouldn't do this for me. I am not worthy. May these lies be broken off of you in Jesus' name. May the heavenly Father that Jesus points to be revealed to you. And like Jesus himself, may you seek your Father's best, his kingdom for you and for others. Thanks for joining with us today. May God continue to reveal to you by His Spirit who indeed is this Jesus.